0: Louisville was finally able to pull off a win guys we're going to talk about how men's hoops got things done as well as women's games that are happening tonight things are going well but how could they be better for the Cardinals let's talk about it on today's show you are locked on ACC your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs here of Locked on Wolfpack. Each and every day, we try and make it a special one for you so you can download, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube where you can see our faces, or you can follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are absolutely a good time here. So I strongly encourage you to do that as we're getting through a great holiday season. Kenton, how are you feeling?
1: Oh, I feel great. I feel great. I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, this is we we finally saw Louisville get a win. You know, yes. we finally saw it. We we needed to see it and it finally happened. So, you know, we're we're excited about Louisville and and finally getting their first win because again, it's good for the conference when we have good teams. Come on now, say it with me, everybody. It's good for the conference.
0: We have good good. for the conference when we have good teams. Speaking of which, Western Kentucky's luck ran out, as we had mentioned on yesterday's show. The Kim Palm rankings had them being very lucky, but it was all Cardinals all the time, thanks to L. Ellis's 30 points for the game. And it just felt as if the energy had shifted for Louisville. And I mean that in the sense of, like, at the end of the day, you're Louisville, right? You ought to be a Western Kentucky. You got to have, like we love to say on this show, some pride about you. Make Absolutely. sure... That you are doing the damn thing and beating the teams that you're supposed to beat. It was a shaky start. But how about them for winning at home and turning the ship and figuring out that at the end of the day, you are a power five, you know, basketball powerhouse for a reason.
1: Absolutely. And that needs to happen. At the end of the day, I tell people all the time, one of the the most important things in how coaches draw plays and all that is you need to have a go to play a go-to play or two that's committed to memory that when your your best guys are are having a tough time at it, you can just get a basket, right? Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because sometimes you just need to see it go through the hoop once, and then all of a sudden you can get rolling and figure it out. Same thing for this Louisville team in terms of losing. Sometimes you just need that one win. Doesn't matter who it's over. Doesn't matter how it comes. And this Louisville team was, oh, and not they needed that one win, and hopefully they can uh, turn this and parlay this into – um, at least a a a season that while bad is not like oh boy this is the worst season in in Louisville history type territory.
0: Well, speaking of worst seasons, this is the worst that any team has ever started out in ACC history. Nine losses is in a row. Really, is the worst any ACC program has, and this is a ten, top fifteen. All time winningest program in college basketball. So the head scratching is very clear because no one understands how they've started so bad. But you listen to coach, you listen to people saying, listen, hopefully this is a stepping stone that they greatly needed because they put in a lot of work. But we have to build on the game and continue the momentum and get over this, the Schneid, Schneid. Okay. Right. You know, they did Schneid. thank you so much. I'm pretty. You know, they deserve it. They worked really hard, harder than I can tell you. They're good kids. It's all about them, which at the end of the day, we've both been college athletes. Nobody goes into competing, training, doing all the things to lose and to lose in that fashion and to lose so consistently. So it's not like they don't have people who want to win and do better. But the skid was crazy. Hopefully hopefully we can turn it around.
1: The skid was crazy, but also like we always say. Nobody wants to win better than the players. Nobody wants to win more. I promise you, I promise you, go cards, five, six, seven on the message board. You do not want to see the Louisville Cardinals win as bad as any player that puts on that jersey nine times out of 10. Now, are there exceptions? Of course, are there guys who sometimes are like, well, my numbers are more important than winning and winning is cool and all. But if that's a byproduct of me getting to where I got to go, great. Yes, that exists, but by and large, all of these players are competitive. Again, if you end up playing not just college ball, ACC basketball, nine times out of ten, you're one percent of one percent or not even nine times out of ten. Just statistically, you're one percent of one percent of one yes. percent. That's the reality. So I yeah. promise you, however bad you think, oh well, I I wanted more, and these players just don't. They do, they do, and and you know it's embarrassing for them to go through these types of losses and such, but they're they're hopefully they're off it now
0: yeah louisville has four games left in december they'll face off against famu next week followed by lipscomb then they start back with their conference play playing nc state but then a big one a rivalry game out the gate starting in just on december 31st is they're playing kentucky so out of the four i hope you can give me two more i think nc state can be competitive but that kentucky one might be crazy
1: Fem, you and Lipscomb should be easy wins. I don't know why you don't. Don't play. say.
0: Sh- don't say should be. No, we just we just talked about a nine-game lose streak. Don't say that. That's should. fair.
1: They should be wins <laughs> that this team can come up with. With that being said, with mm-hmm. that being said, um that NC State game is another game that if you catch if you catch them on a bad day, that team can lose to almost anybody. Now, with that being said. <laughs> That uh, that Kentucky game. Uh, why would y'all want to go into the new year with that one? Why would that be the game you schedule for the new year? But Year's they didn't Eve? know that
0: they were going to be so bad.
1: The, yeah, okay. They even if you didn't know, even if you didn't know, Coach Cal and company is who you want on New Year's Eve. I'll tell you what. I hopefully you ain't trying to ring
0: in the New Year on such a bad note, but somebody got to do it.
1: Hopefully, the houses are spotless clean and the black eyed peas are boiling on the stove because they're, they're there. Happen, needs,
0: Johns. <laughs> there needs
1: to be something. There needs to be something. Make sure the first man in the house got some money in his pocket or something because they're going to need something to shake off uh, what may happen to them on the 31st.
0: A thousand percent. And to top it off, they started out January with a full slate. All seven games are ACC opponents. So, you know, they've got they've got some. They need just Give me two out of the four in December and then maybe be competitive against NC State. And we'll just feel like the ship is turning. Maybe they'll be the lucky team out of the KimPOM Palm when it's all said and done. We do want to talk about another team that had a great game last night from the men's side of things. Wake Forest. Finally pulling one off after going ahead and being up so many points to kind of butchering that lead. App State was able to come back, but not enough in the 1.4 seconds left where the Demon Deacons pulled off the 67-66 victory.
1: Listen, the Demon Deacons stole one. They stole one. They got away with one. They got lucky. Your favorite. People talk about how the Grinch stole Christmas. Well, listen, Wake Forest stole this basketball game. I'll tell you what, they did their best to lose that lead and lose this game. But and and losing one of your best players, your leading scorer in that game is one where you're just like, yep, yeah, it's not our night, and that's all right. But they found a way. They yeah. found a way at the end to do just enough to hold on. So
0: yeah, a hundred percent. I think Andrew Carr's game winning shot was certainly something to hold your hat. Hold your head about. But Tyree Appleby, again, one of their leading performers, did go down. We don't know the you know extent of the injury, but hopefully hopefully he makes a full recovery and is able to return towards the end of the season. But all in all, I think it was a great opportunity for Wake to close out a good one after blowing a lead. However, the minus 12 and a half, I don't know why you would ever put that against App State, especially looking at a team like Wake Forest. I think for them, they're going to have to figure out how to maintain big leads and keep it rolling and not trying to come down to nail biters because they'll face off against Rutgers next week. And then they go right into conference play to end their year by facing off against Duke and Virginia Tech, two top 25 teams. Now, to me, if you want to put yourself in a position to say and fight for your I-need-to-be-at-NCAA tournament, Though, out of those two games, you got to find one.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and as much as people don't like to say this, as much as folks don't like to talk about it, it's, there is a very serious reality about certain teams. If you don't have a certain type of cachet or brand name, your, your uh, resume has to more than speak for itself. You don't your think resident. Wake
0: Forest has the cachet?
1: No. No, they they don't. They don't. There's they don't it's it's unfortunate cuz they should have been I think they should have been there last year. I think they should have I think the last year's team. You
0: don't think Wake Forest's name has Chris Paul, Tim Duncan, Randolph Children? No, okay. Hey, listen, oh, I'm just interesting. asking.
1: Interesting. When did Chris Paul graduate? Like
0: 2005
1: maybe? When did Randolph Children's graduate?
0: Probably 1995, maybe. I'm good
1: friends with his son, Brandon. Me and Brandon, Thickest thieves. uh Shout out to the good <laughs> dudes out there. With that being said, um, his son graduated with me. You know what I mean? Like, that's telling. You know, okay. Like, okay, okay. Tim right. Duncan. What? What was he? Also in the nineties? What? Like, yeah. What are we doing? Okay,
0: but I'm doing? just saying the cachet of being like, you know, you have historic, you know, names a part of your program.
1: Again, it's it's. I'm going to tell you, it's a combination of things. Yes, the historic names are part of it. And yes, historically being winning is another part of it. And then the other part of it is, who's your superstar? Who's the draw? Who's the big name, right? When Oklahoma made the tournament with Trey Young on the team and everybody looked up and said, that team? How did they get it? It was very clear. They had a huge name. They had a a name that you kind of can't deny that it was going to go on to play in the NBA for many years and do exciting things, and he was shooting 30-foot jumpers and having all these crazy assists, they said he's going to get in. And he did. That's that's how it works. And at the end Got of it. the day, you, it, again, if you as a team don't have that superstar or you don't have uh, the, the name of a, say, uh, North Carolina or a Duke or of a, say, Kentucky, of a, you know, say, Michigan or whatever the case may be, If you don't have that type of name behind you, your resume has to lead, no doubt.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: We've seen it not just with Wake Forest. We saw it um, a few years back with NC State as well, where it was like, that team should have probably made the tournament. But they just did not for whatever reason. So if you don't have the big name, lead, no doubt, or else you're going to get
0: left out okay you, you coming with all the phrases today sir I like it I'm digging it alright guys we are hanging out with some of our friends let's just say and putting a few drinks back a few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out you think of calling for a ride no you live nearby you can make it home it's truly no big deal what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway and even so what's the worst that can happen your insurance goes up you lose your license you lose your job you total your car you could possibly kill someone everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there and right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Ubers, lifts, all the things that are readily available for us these days, even having a designated driver at your events. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober, or get pulled over. We're talking with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack each and every day. You can find us here on this uh, great on Locked On ACC show, and at times we'll have, you know, a couple guests every now and again. But if you want to follow us on YouTube, subscribe to that channel. It's always appreciated. Now we've mentioned the games that are happening for the men's side of things. but let's tap into some of these women games that are going to be exciting for tonight as we roll through Thursday matchups. Two, three teams that we want to mention here. Wake Forest will take on Longwood. Going to be an easy win for Wake Forest. But as we were talking about the men's side and having some cachet, I think Wake Forest quite is it kept. Quiet as it's kept, is a very good ACC team. I think all of them are, respectfully. But I think Wake Forest is another team that flies under that radar but certainly can make shake some tables when it comes to not only the conference but nationally. I cannot hear you.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was messed around and muted. Okay. I 100% agree with you there uh, that this Wake Forest team, they could, at the end of the day, when you look at a conference like the ACC – with a team like Louisville struggling in the way that they have, somebody kind of has to come up and fill in in um, that role of the one of the teams that are naturally, you're going to get some wins that you probably shouldn't or whatever the case may be. You're going to get a win over one of these teams that are really good and at the in the top 15. Um And Wake Forest could be that team this year. Wake Forest could be that team the same way that we saw Miami come on late last year yeah. and – and all of a sudden uh, make it to the uh, conference championship and all that, you could see that type of situation happening with uh, this Wake Forest women's basketball team. However, I will say this. These games should be tune-ups. They should, should be. Be yeah. for all these teams tomorrow. They should be tune-ups. We have seen that shoulda, coulda, woulda sometimes end up with a shoulda, coulda lost. And so <laughs> we'll, we'll see.
0: A hundred percent. Speaking of shoulda, could Presbyterian will take on a 10 and one Florida State team that is looking good. Minus 39 and a half right now, which, you know, things crazier things can happen. But women's college shoes, sometimes there are very grave differences in scores. But I'm liking this Florida State team. Right. I think what well, most of my girls name, Tanisha, is it Tanisha or Tania? She got player of the week. I can't recall her name right here in this moment. But Florida State is looking like one of the better teams in our mm-hmm. conference. It's still early very much have times to shake things up but they are also another fly under the radar program right now for me
1: you know I I think that um I think that at the end of the day when you mm-hmm. look at Florida and, and who they are a Florida State rather I'm sorry and who they are I know the Florida State fans are gonna kill me for that <laughs> <one. But> anyway <laughs> um Tanaya Latson getting uh Tenaya. ACC Tanaya yeah. Latson getting ACC player of the week and rookie of the week is is showing that she's Coming into her own. She is flourishing. She is running away with the ACC rookie of the year race at the moment. And with that being said, um, I, I think that she can, again, this Florida State team is another one that could end up in that conversation late of how good are they? Are they a tournament team and all that good stuff? It's very possible.
0: Yes, hundred percent agree. Final team that is having a Thursday night matchup. Davidson will face off against a nine and one NC State team. That, of course, I don't know. Do we have a status up, update on Diamond Johnson? How is she feeling? She good to go? She'll be ready to play that night, or we're gonna take another day.
1: Uh, I now, I personally think they should hold her out just in case. Regardless, yep. I don't think that you uh, risk getting her hurt for a Davidson team here when you're heading into conference play, where you're gonna um, need her to show up and show up big time in some of these games going forward. <laughs> especially in the in Reynolds I that place is going to be loud and ruckus as always and you have a team that is so balanced that we've seen multiple different leading scores on a year we've seen multiple different leading rebounders uh, we've seen this team win in different ways we've seen this team go up and down the court and score like crazy on Iowa we've seen this team hold other teams to to uh, scores of like 50 or 60 in terms of what they did against Georgia this is a team that can win it a bunch of different ways. And honestly, if you don't need Diamond, I would say rest her, let her get as healthy as possible before you bring her back.
0: And finally, on the Friday night, we won't talk about it on tomorrow's show because we'll be previewing the Louisville-Cincinnati Bowl game. But I want to remind you that South Carolina Upstate will be facing off against number seven, North Carolina. And you know I think North Carolina is one of these teams that they made a couple statements last season, but they really trying to hammer home the point that they are a program. Why are you making that face?
1: (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. I I got a, uh, got a uh, text from work about something that was kind of interesting proceed.
0: I think that North Carolina is a team that could be really dangerous come tournament time. I think they proved that last year in their, you know, slight run, but you know, their consistency, can you maintain this good energy and vibe throughout the rest of, you know, the prime season that you prep for conference play?
1: I think that the the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize is everybody thinks that you turn into a winner overnight, yeah. that you turn into uh, the program that's a, a, what is the word I'm looking for, a perennial powerhouse overnight. That's not how it works. You go through the stages of, okay, we get an upset here and there, which I think mm-hmm. North Carolina had been for the past two years. And Fair. then and then you get to the stage where you're like, okay, we win consistently But also everybody's waiting on that letdown from us, which is where they kind of are now. And then you get to the other stage where it's like, hey, we're here. We're we're expected to be something serious in everything that we do. And and they're just not um, there yet. But they're a good team. though."
0: Yes, 100 percent agree. Now, Ken, I know this might surprise you, but the best team right now from the women's side of things in ACC women's basketball is let me guess. Do you think, you know?
1: I'm sorry, what now?
0: The best team in the ACC for women's basketball.
1: Uh, It should be Virginia Tech, right? They're they're the highest ranked? Yeah, Virginia. I'm sorry, what?
0: <laughs> it's Virginia. I beg your pardon? <laughs> the team that couldn't find a win last year is the best in the ACC right now. Because no one else has really started conference play. It was a little funny. I was but, just about know. to say, do
1: they just have two conference <laughs> wins and nobody else has?
0: <laughs> Yes, that's in fact the case. But hey, that's what that's what makes this all exciting, right? Because you can make your case for every single team here about except for about a couple in women's college basketball. So I'm excited to see how that pans out. But yes, I know it's crazy for you. You get rid of Tina Thompson and things just start going your way.
1: Lord Jesus, don't don't heat up (laughs) Tina Thompson like that. Don't leave her alone. Leave, Leave that woman alone.
0: No doubt about it. We'll talk a little bit about the men's uh, rankings here and just predictions as we head into the weekend. But first, I want to remind you guys that BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and world cup. They've got it all covered at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those as well. BetOnline is your fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. You can head to the website today or use your mobile devices to learn more. BetOnline is simply where the game starts. So we're wrapping things up from a basketball standpoint, talking to Kenton Gibbs here of Locked on Wolfpack. And as I mentioned we have a lot of good things happening for not only men's and women's basketball, but from a men's standpoint, the Saturday games to me are going to be the most critical. And as we look to, you know, conference play and people trying to establish themselves and all the fun things as it stands right now, Miami is the best team in the ACC. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's 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 a fair assessment. Miami legitimately is the best. team
0: Statistically, yes. Uh,
1: and then, no, no, no! Not no. just statistically. Okay, they are,
0: from what you see with your eyes. From what
1: I've seen with these two eyes of mine, they are the best team in the ACC. Um, they Better do, than Virginia. They, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I've got them with a slight edge over Virginia. And I know okay. some people going to kill me for this. I know some people going to kill me for this. Virginia still has that those times where their offense goes completely anemic. Mm-hmm. They still have those moments where it's like they are struggling for dear life to buy a bucket. And the reality is, as good as uh, Kihei Clark is, as good as Gardner is at times, this is not a team that I'm looking at and I say to myself, they have a guy that they can roll the ball out to and say, hey, go get me a bucket that can do so the way that Miami does in Isaiah Wong. They just don't. They don't have that the, the, the end of the story for me is one team has Isaiah Wong, the other does not. That, that's the full rundown.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm actually surprised that he did not go to the league last season or go G League route or whatever, what have you, with such a good run that Miami had. But I definitely think this is going to be his year to to really stamp on how he's been as a collegiate player and hopefully as he is on the next level. But not only are Virginia and Miami good teams, but also Virginia Tech clearly and Duke. But I say, Duke is just kindly flying under this radar. And I just can't tell if it's like, again, they have good enough players, but we're not going to be super critical. Or is because the team down the street is having such a bad fall that nobody really paid attention to them?
1: I think Duke is just doing what they're supposed to do, right? Mm. They're just chopping the wood, beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. Um, and at the end of the day, when you look at Duke basketball this year, again, I believe they're one and two against top 25 uh, teams this year. So, I mean, I can understand why teams are – or why folks are like, hmm – what is this Duke team really? How good are they really? But at the end of the day, if you're beating teams that you're supposed to beat and who you're supposed to beat is almost everybody except 10 teams, basically, I, I think it's safe to say you're a pretty good team.
0: Early, way too early predictions, mid-December assessment. Who is a team that you're like, all right, everyone needs to pay attention. You don't necessarily say they're outright the best right now, but don't sleep on said program. Who is that for well, you?
1: Well, I mean, I, I hate to do this with such a highly ranked team, but I know Virginia fans would kill me if I didn't say... Uh, after saying Miami is the best team to meet, I would not be surprised if um Virginia comes back to reclaim that crown from this standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, Miami does have Isaiah one, but even with him, there are still some moments with them where where you look at them defensively and you have some questions about them. And also, I mean, at the end of the day, Isaiah one ain't gonna play every minute of every game, like that's that's just the reality there. Uh, so I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too surprised if you know Virginia and that backline defense ends up uh, ends up making things real hard on a lot of teams this year.
0: You know, quite is this kept. I think Syracuse, once they figure it out with Jesse Edwards and Judah Mintz, they might be a problem. If they if they all figure out how to gel towards tournament time, I think they're gonna surprise some people and catch some people sleeping at the wheel.
1: Saying if Syracuse gels during tournament time is is like saying if it's gonna snow and uh, if it's gonna snow at the North Pole, at some point in time, if you get them to the tournament <laughs> time and they close, they're gonna figure something out. They just yeah. gonna all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wait a minute, have they just shot forty percent from three in their last seven games? Wait a minute, that's
0: Hold bad. On. that's what bad. just happened here. So, Syracuse is definitely my sleeper team, though.
1: Yeah, you know, Syracuse is a sleeper team every year. You know what I mean? They true. got a they got a sleepy old coast. They're a sleeper team. They just wake up out the blue. All of a sudden, every time you get just close to them, yeah, they, just, they hang around the bubble every year, and then when tournament time comes, all of a sudden they start player starts averaging twenty five a game, and and all of a sudden that two three defense that looked real bad early in the season, they rebounded out of it, they getting deflection steals, all that making it tough on teams. So you know, we'll we'll see.
0: Do they treat Syracuse? So I'm saying does Bayham treat Syracuse like an NBA team? Like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just like let us get to the tournament. Let's get to playoffs.
1: You know, I mean, you know,
0: I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong here.
1: You're not wrong. You're not. Exactly. I haven't. I've never seen in the at least recently. I've never seen um, this Syracuse team, you know, come out with their hair on absolute fire. And I could be forget because 17 years of football ain't great for the memory. But um, with that being said, I don't ever remember Syracuse coming out just blazing, setting the world on fire in the uh, first couple weeks or the first month or so of the season. They always just, again, build up over time and slowly but surely they just start getting better and better and better.
0: A thousand percent. Guys, come back tomorrow as we are going to preview again the Louisville Cincinnati bowl game, all the storylines, all the piping hot tea, all the things that we talk about with Satterfield and how he might may or may not make this one a very interesting case. I love the bra. I can't wait for the broadcast team. I just, I'm very interested to see how they're going to address all of these, you know, underlying things that the elephant is right there in the room, you know, but we shake hands with the people afterwards, you know, all the fun stuff that we we're right. like, looking forward to seeing when it's all said and done, but make sure you follow Candace Cooper, Kenton Gibbs on our respective Twitter handles. You can follow the podcast anywhere. You listen to podcasts as well as all of our friends at Locked on podcast network for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs until next time.